0: Relentless,
1: refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is the night shift episode for week four, where we break down Sunday night football and Monday night football DFS slates, and we have a London game that we'll break down as well. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And I'm joined by one of the top, most accurate rankers in the game. Uh, had a great week three, Sean, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. What's going on?
1: What's up? Yeah, starting to feel a lot better. Um, have had a really good start to the season. You know, uh, number one in Fancy Pros now, 69% on all my bets. I know that you've hit 69% of your bets, too. <laughs> and you had a really good week in Fancy Pros, so uh, keep kicking ass.
2: Yeah, you too, man. This is uh, this is how we want to do it, how we want to start. Yeah. So uh, congrats and uh, hope you're uh, back to 100% by, by the weekend. Uh, or at least by this London game, actually. fight <laughs> <by laughs> tonight, we'll hopefully.
1: About.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you haven't checked out our Player Projections episode, by the way, uh, it's mm. out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel, our fantasy uh, preview episode of the main slate is out as well right here on this channel and we got this London game with the Falcons at the Jaguars Jags favored by three the total is 43 and a half uh, this is 9 30 eastern 6 30 pacific in the morning on ESPN plus uh Disney plus as, as toys <laughs> so now that should be an interesting broadcast as well and. We have some luck ranking uh, popping for this game as well. Uh, talk to me about that.
1: Oh, yeah. So the, um, the Jaguars um, are definitely the unlucky team in this matchup. Um, it's only a luck differential of 17, but the luck gap is 45%. Um, and usually we're looking for a matchup where it's over 50%, but once we get you know, this part in the season, it's not as common. Um, so yeah, the Jaguars are definitely the unlucky team in this matchup and where I would lean um, against the spread. And well, there's no real um, home field advantage here, I feel like the Jaguars are making themselves comfy in London. So I think they do have a slight home field advantage here as well.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'll speak to some of the, you know, the luck, which I think is, is driving that or, or driving some of those luck rankings uh, when it, comes to some of the players I like, uh, but Mm. why don't you start us off? Who do you like in the captain spot?
1: Yeah, so there's a handful of options I like in this game. Um, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne, though, uh, just because ever since Tank Bigsby lost his fumble in week one, it seems like uh, his role has completely vanished, uh, and Etienne has been the true workhorse back. Uh, Granted, it does seem like Tank is still getting the goal line work, which isn't too surprising. Uh, But, you know, ETN's dominating the early down work, dominating the receiving down work. Um, And, you know, he's an explosive back who can score from anywhere on the field. So he doesn't necessarily need goal line carries to score touchdowns. Um, You know, plus the Jags offense has been struggling quite a bit, but not ETN. So this this is a game they might lean on him even more, especially if they do get a lead. You know, they are three-point favorites. Um, So I I like going with Etienne in the captain slot here.
2: Yeah, I think the Jags uh, should bounce back. You know, I came into the season lower on the Jags than Mm. than the market, so I'm not surprised. (laughs) They've always been kind of inconsistent and just uh, never have quite taken the next step yet. But I do think this is a good spot for the Jags to bounce back, and that's why I'm going with Trevor Lawrence in the captain spot, although I do think you could stack him with – uh, any of his receivers in a captain spot as well. But I do like Lawrence because I like the matchups for all of his receivers. And I think Trevor Lawrence is due for a monster breakout game. And, you know, kind of speak it to that big luck gap and mm-hmm. differential that you talked about. Trevor Lawrence leads the national football league uh, among quarterbacks with nine drop passes by receivers. Mm. So, you know, that's a that's three per game. That's three, you know, three completions per game. You know, that's, you're talking about now 20, 30, 40 yards per game uh, could be added to his passing totals. I don't think people have noticed because of getting blown out by the Texans. And then the week before they don't even score 10 points. I don't think people have really noticed that Lawrence is actually playing pretty well he is second in PFF passing grade behind only Tua Tungavailoa. He's third yeah. overall in quarterback grade behind Tua and Patrick Mahomes, and he's second in big time throws. And that kind of matches, you know, what I've been seeing on on the uh, you know watching watching him play. It's really been just kind of a sloppy, a lot of sloppiness all around him. You know, you talk about the fumbles, the drops, and then the special teams is, is giving up <laughs> fullback touchdowns and uh what is it block field goals so there's just been a lot of things going wrong I don't mm-hmm. think Lawrence is is really part of the problem but this is a good matchup for him as well because Atlanta playing a lot of man coverage uh not quite as much as a team like the Giants who we'll talk about a little later but uh more than most and you know that not only should uh provide good matchups for the receivers and I tend to think Lawrence plays a little better uh, against man when it sometimes he gets confused by zone or it's just you know <laughs> things get a little little weird against zone mm. coverages I, I think back to those Houston games with Lovey Smith last year where i think the the jags scored like in the first one they were like seven points or something like but against man coverage he usually can pick a spot he's going to have receivers uh, that could win here even without Zay Jones and uh i do think uh, Atlanta is starting to show some pass funnel uh, tendencies. They're 10th in DVOA against the run. You know, they do have that that D-line with the Calais Campbell now on Yamada. So they have improved quietly. They're also not really giving up much uh, through the air to running back. So, you know, Etienne, I, I like here because, you know, I, I do expect the Jaguars to kind of rebound and have a positive game script for yeah. once. Uh, but I do think they could build a lead uh, with the passing game and I think Lawrence can spread it to Ridley, to Ingram, and to Christian Kirk. So like Lawrence in the captain's spot here, also, you know, man coverage. If Atlanta continues to play, uh, you know, more man than, than average, that also helps scrambling because you got your defender's backs turned. So Lawrence already averaging 20 yards a game on the ground. So I think you could have a big, big game you know maybe you get to 300 yards passing i i, mm-hmm. I can see three touchdowns here uh, for Trevor Lawrence so that's that's my captain uh for this London game
1: nice yeah i would not be shocked if he bounces back and soon um yeah i guess anytime you allow Andrew Beck to not only muff <laughs> a kick but return it 85 yards for a kickoff return touchdown that that's pretty bad luck or your special teams are just you know a disaster um but who so i didn't know that Lawrence had nine drop passes obviously yeah. those Aren't really his fault. Who who's the main culprit? Is there is there a, a specific player that has like uh, most of those? You know, you
2: know. Only only the guy in in the uh in the revenge game of his life, uh Calvin Ridley. Like oh. Four, four <laughs> drift. <His laughs> oh, I'll I'll talk about him because I'm gonna I, I'm gonna talk about him oh, okay. uh, for values, but uh so okay. I'll get all into that. But who you got for values?
1: Well I'll I'll go with the other Jags receiver then. I'll go with Christian Kirk. Uh, just because, you know, it seems like Zay Jones is going to miss. At least we're not expecting him to play this week. And Kirk is always going to get a pretty big boost when Zay Jones is out of the lineup now. Because that means he's going to play in two wide receiver sets. You know, that's kind of why I was down on him. I think it was after week one or two. Um, he was only averaging, you know, around a 67% routes run rate. Because he's coming off the field now in two wide receiver sets. So now with Zay Jones out, he's going to see his routes run rate bump up, you know, 15 20% full-time player also see a higher target share, you know, with Zay Jones out of the lineup. So I like going with Christian Kirk here. Also goes with your theory of Trevor Lawrence bouncing back. I mean, he's playing well. So like Kirk here. Um, And then on the Falcon side, really every pass catcher's a boom bust. So why not just go with the best one with Matt Collins? Um, You know, as of now, (laughs) he has the most receiving yards for the Falcons right now. Uh, So Um, yeah, so I think he could be, uh, a bit overlooked uh, on the one-game slate. You know, I wouldn't blame people for going with more talented pass catchers like Drake London or Kyle Pitts. Uh, but, you know, Matt Collins does have the highest dot on the team. So for a team that doesn't throw much, and when they do, they typically throw more downfield, um, he probably only needs a couple catches to really do some damage from his own team's perspective on this slate. So on the one-game slate, absolutely sign me up for Matt Collins.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think Mac Collins is a great player, and I don't think he is. I don't think he lacks talent. I thought he actually no, no. showed very well <laughs> yeah. last year, and that's you know that's kind of how he you know parlayed you know that 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 season in Vegas where I think he was like people were kind of weaving him off the final roster projections, and next thing you know, he's starting and playing every single <laughs> snap. Great blocker, yeah. uh, great special teamer, but also turned into a, a pretty good. Receiver and you know, this uh, this Jags defense they love to play zone coverage. So, you got Atlanta's more of a man man heavy defense, uh, this year, and you have the Jags more zone heavy. Uh, and Matt Collins is leading the Falcons right now in receiving yards against zone coverage with 105, Mm -hmm. uh, according to PFF 17 and a half yards per reception so uh and 1.9 yards per route also leads the falcons again uh against zone coverage so this is uh i, I think my counts is a great play uh, yep in this spot uh yeah calvin ridley already talked about him but uh this is one of the pass catchers i, I want to stack with Lawrence. i'll obviously have some ridley in the captain mvp spot as well but i mentioned four drops on 25 targets uh some of uh one of those targets was 26 yards downfield. So, you know, that would have mm. put his yards per route over three against man, uh, against man coverage. Mm. And I, I think he'll see some A.J. Terrell, but I think he can beat A.J. Terrell. I think Ridley's, you know, we, he looked really good in week one, and then he ran into the goalpost in week <laughs> yeah. two. And uh, then, you know, the drops started coming. So I think it's a get-right game for him, and you know they're going to force feed him uh early against this falcon team like that's that like number one just because they need to get him back on track for the sake of this offense but yeah. number two because that's just what you do you know i, I think you know the, the the exit for him from the falcons um you know wasn't great you know he felt like he needed to take a mental break and whatnot so I'm i'm sure that he's going to be highly motivated i'm sure he's going to be in the game plan early and often and again if he catches those drops his catch rate goes from 52%, which is, you know, you're talking about DJ Chark territory, <laughs> uh, you know, up to 68%, which is, you know, nearing tight end territory. Yep. So uh, just love the regression bounce back spot, love the revenge game spot. Uh, and this is just a a very talented receiver going against a secondary that has been struggling. So love me some Calvin Ridley uh, on the Jaguar side and the Falcons. Uh, Jacksonville is a strong run defense but I still got to go with B. John Robinson here and I like this I like this slate because you can afford like multiple studs because you mm-hmm. have Zay Jones out and the Falcons are playing uh, a guy who I know you're going to talk about in a bit uh, a lot more that's cheap mm-hmm. as well so there's a lot of cheap options so you know you can get like four studs in so B. John Robinson I still think you want to include him in most builds even if you're not putting him in the captain spot because this Jacksonville team, again, uh, they're playing zone at one of the highest rates in the league. And Robinson is tied for first in targets uh, against zone coverage uh, among running backs this season. And he's also tied for first in receptions and he has two drops. So if he caught those two balls, he would be leading all running backs and catches, but he is first in yardage either way uh, against zone coverage with uh, 90 yards. And even though he had a down week against the the Lions, you know the Falcons just kind of came out flat all around in that game. Low key, this could be a a, 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 a just a blow up spot because even though it's a tough matchup, the snap rate for Bijan: sixty three percent in Week One, seventy two percent in Week Two, eighty one percent in Week Three. So his worst game, but his highest snap rate. Uh, always like to buy. Uh, guys like that in DFS, especially you know studs who may be a little bit contrarian, uh, but uh, really like Robinson, whether you're putting him in the captain or not, uh, because he's he's affordable this week coming off a bad game, uh, and I think he's going to catch a ton of passes. So especially on DraftKings, uh, really like him uh, to fill out lineups. All right, what about dart throws? Where are you going? Do you like darts, Ted?
1: Oh.
0: Okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself.
1: Um, So, you know, I mentioned earlier that Tank Bigsby's still, you know, apparently the goal line back. So I'm going to go with him as the dart throw because, you know, he could punch one in for, you know, one-yard score and be a must-play for this showdown slate. So um, there's also a chance, you know, he does get out of the doghouse from his week one fumble at some point. Um, So he's worth a flyer uh, in lineups specifically that maybe aren't using Travis Etienne. I'm going to have some Tink Um And then uh, for the Falcon side, uh, Jonu Smith, um, you know, he has seen a pretty big role in this offense so far alongside Kyle Pitts. I mean, they could use two tight ends. Kyle Pitts is practically a receiver. So uh, Jonu's been averaging around a 70% routes run rate uh, over the past two games and seven targets per game over those past two games. So he is clearly, you know, I mean, he's played – Arthur Smith before, so you know that's the last time he thrived in fantasy football. So I think he's a sneaky play here, like you mentioned. He's super cheap uh, and definitely worth a look here. I-, I can't. He might be, um you know, rostered highly, but it doesn't matter. Like he should be super chalky here. So going Johnny Smith.
2: Yeah, I don't, it, he might not be super high because again, there are so many cheap guys yeah, that you can play a lot of, in his yeah. game, uh, like. You know, we should probably mention, even though you know we just talked about Bigs uh, Bigsby. We should probably mention that uh, De'arnest Johnson uh, is also getting playing time in that backfield as well. Kind of like yeah. who was it, Hasty last year? J. So. michael
1: Hasty, yes,
2: yeah. So that, he's another yeah. guy. You know, if if you're going like uh, 150 or, or you know just a, a bulk entering, I would I would probably put some De'arnest there because if it's probably going to be one or the other um, with those two guys behind ETN. And then, uh, you know, you have all the Jaguars, you know,
1: three and three. Tyler, girls, course, receiver. For the Falcon side. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. He's a little, I mean, he's more mid-range, but yeah. Right. You're like the Falcons are just hilarious, but this is why you got to play DFS <laughs> because yeah. like everybody, you know, who like only plays fantasy is just so pissed. Like Arthur Smith and, and Drake <laughs> London and Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And it's like... Man, this is why we play DFS though, because we could just roster John o. Smith and Mac Collins. And the yeah. Well, can't be Not... the people that complain
1: about Drake London and Kyle Pitts being in this offense, but I definitely take your point.
2: Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> and listen, it's like Desmond Ritter, you're kind of scheming around him. So True. every defense is gonna wake up and you know, it's it's Bijan, but in the passing game, you know, it's down you know, downfield it's it's Pitts in, in London. So I kind of get why Arthur Smith is targeting these other guys because it's not like Desmond Ritter is going to fit the ball in tight windows to, to a covered uh, London or Pitts. I mean, we saw the disaster with Mariota and Pitt's like downfield last year. So uh, it's unfortunate, but I get it. I do get it. Um, you know what, what Arthur's doing and he's got this team at, at two and one. So uh can't knock it, but uh, for dart throws for me, I'm going Jamal Agnew on the Jaguar side. He Ran a route on 63% of Trevor Lawrence's dropbacks uh, in the absence of Zay Jones a week ago. Jones reportedly a long shot to play in this game. So uh, I am projecting him to be out and uh, expecting Agnew to run somewhere between, you know, 40 and 60% of the routes uh, yet again. And he posted a four catch, 49 yard effort last week. Also had some kicks, uh, re- some good kick returns, but he did fumble. So uh, hopefully he, he doesn't do that this week. But I do like another guy I, I like against man coverage, which is why I like Lawrence so much. Agnew caught all five of his uh, targets against man coverage last season, and three of them went for touchdowns. So this is a guy when uh, you know they get in, they get in the red zone inside that ten yard line. Uh, sometimes they'll have you know, a, a player two schemed up for Agnew in space to try to make a guy miss and get in the end zone. So uh, like Agnew and you can uh, also stack him with the Jags D because, you know, again, if, if, if the Jags get ahead, Ritter having to throw the ball, I mean, he had that comeback <laughs> against green Bay and I, ha- I am on the Falcons higher than most, but uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough, tough game for uh, Atlanta. And on the Falcon side, if, Cordero patterson plays uh if he makes his debut which he's been questionable every week and then he just
1: (laughs) yeah keep waiting for it
2: right but i mean this is kind of the perfect time right like early sleepy game everyone's kind of waking up you know if he's active i feel like people probably still aren't gonna roster him because it's like and the West Coast, we have to get up at like six thirty. Well, we'll be up, but you know, uh, it's you know when the enactors will come out at probably <laughs> like what, like five thirty a.m. Yeah, uh, West Coast time, eight thirty a.m. Eastern. So, you know, I think he would be, he'll be a sneaky play, and I mean, he could step right into the number three wide receiver role uh, on this team. Wow, yeah. You know, if you think about it, but either way, you know, if he makes his debut, I would think they'll have some type of uh, gadgetry for him just because, you know, he scored six points last week against the Lions. So I, I do think they're going to kind of get creative here. Uh, if he's active, obviously, uh, you always have the threat of a return touchdown and you could stack him with the Atlanta defense, you know, that you're just kind of hoping for a return and maybe, maybe some more, you know, turnover issues or special teams issues for uh, the Jags. But you also get some leverage on, you know, Bijan and Algier, you know, because you never yeah. know, exactly what's going to happen in this arthur smith offense especially with a guy who can play in the backfield uh so uh i, I like patterson if he plays if not then you know tim jones is another option for the jags uh, he ran around on 30 percent of the dropbacks he'll be the number four wide receiver so he's in play but uh I'm, I'm going to go way off the board if Patterson's out and go Kedaro Hodge for the uh Jesus. for the Falcons. His routes have been, you know, ticking up, you know, one in the first, in week 1, five in week 2, seven uh, in week 3. He's overtaken uh, at least for the moment Scott Miller for that number 3 wide receiver role. Last year he had four games with at least uh two catches and 33 uh, receiving yards and the Jags have allowed the second most schedule-adjusted receiving yards per game to non-number one or number two wide receivers over over a hundred. I'm guessing that's uh, Tank Dell, who they're classifying as as a non. number <laughs> I'm guessing that's why it's so high. Yeah. But either way, you know this. You know, Hodge is a the guy they'll scheme him something, but it's another one of those guys where the defense is going to be paying no attention to him if he's on the field. So, uh, in a game in a slate like this. Uh, I think you could do worse and he's like, there's going to be so many cheap options. He's one of the guys that's not going to be owned. I I think he'll still come in, you know, probably 5% or, or below. So for sure. Going, going Kadero Hodge (laughs) with my, uh, with my dart throw. We've been having
1: some some luck with these. So hopefully, especially with the Falcons. (laughs) I mean, this is a game where there's like eight to 10 legit actual like quality skill players so I would not be shocked if it's a Hodge, Scotty Miller, or like a Keith Smith. Michael. We're, Michael we're, Pruitt. Michael Pruitt. Yeah, like <laughs> 6.45 a.m. We're getting ready for, you know, the actual big slate of games. And it's just some like troll like that scores the first touchdown. That's usually how it goes.
2: Yeah. Uh, they also got John Fitzpatrick, but it's one He's it's like, one word, but it's like capital f capital p that, yeah. i don't think he's he's i don't think he's run a route yet but eventually he's a,
1: he's a monster though right he's only like seven feet tall uh definitely yeah, he, a red zone threat
2: He's gotta take over that Parker Hesse role from uh six
1: from last seven two fifty yeah yeah man
2: yeah I, with these falcons i mean if you're playing dfs with the falcons it, you gotta know everybody because <laughs> you yeah, exactly. know arthur smith we know what kind of and we also know he's good at scheming like you said yeah. in the red zone so like it could be it could really be anybody But that's going to do it for the London game, which should be a fun slate. I'm actually looking forward to this just because yeah. it's so wide open. Uh, this game, Sunday night football, I will have a write up for uh, BettingWise at ActionNetwork.com yeah. and in the app. Uh, this is a more fascinating game just because the Jets are kind of teetering on the edge. The total is 42 and a half. The Jets are nine and a half point. Home underdogs, 8 20 p.m. Eastern Sunday night on NBC. Uh I know this is not a luck ranking play, but there's a pretty decent gap, right, between the Jets and the Chiefs. Uh 13, I believe it is.
1: Yeah, uh, and surprisingly, uh, the Chiefs are the unlucky team. So <laughs> the uh, you know, the Jets are just as bad as you would think. They are. But the Chiefs, you know, they've been they've been playing well. Uh, I mean, the offense only had to play, what, two and a half quarters? To, to put away the bears so they could have you know piled on even more maybe not 70 points but they could have piled on even more so yeah i was kind of shocked that this spread open at minus nine i mean books have to just anticipate just massive amounts of chiefs action here i thought it was a bit low like do you have any early leans on that because i thought that was very fishy
2: yeah like i you know if, if i if i was irresponsible <laughs> i would just hammer the uh the Chiefs, but you know, how, right. you know how this stuff goes. It's like Chiefs coming off a blowout. Jets, everyone's down on them. Jets at home, dog. Great defense. It's probably going to be a little bit of a letdown for the Chiefs. And yeah. remember that, you know what I keep re- thinking back to? Uh, Malik Willis, 27. It was like a three-point game. The Chiefs barely eked it out. When Ma- yeah. Malik Willis couldn't even throw for like 100 yards. And, some, you know, I mean, granted, that was Mike Vrabel. <laughs> this is Salah and Hackett. Yeah, so I uh, not the same. I'm just but, gonna stay away. Yeah, I'm just gonna
1: stay I'll, away. I'm,
2: so I'll have I'll have a, a write up. I'm I am thinking of attacking, uh, perhaps the, the like the Jets team total or some type of under oh, yeah, because like a- I, I do think the Chiefs defense is vastly underrated. I think the Chiefs defense has the potential to to be you know, top five, top six defense this year. I mean, McDuffie's playing really well. Jones is back. Uh, like, they really killed that draft class last year. All these young guys. And now, not only do they, they have quality players on this defense, but they have speed, which was, you know, if you go and, like, let's say the Dolphins keep rolling and end up, you know, kind of entering that conversation with with the Bengals and the Bills, like, you're going to need speed on defense to, to combat the Dolphins. So I really like this Chiefs. Uh, defense and, and what they're doing so um, maybe I'll do it from that angle but yeah. uh, where are going in the captain spot
1: well got to go with Travis Kelsey here because apparently Taylor Swift will be in attendance again <laughs> uh, and as we know she loves the players and Kelsey loves the game so it's going to be in New York on prime time the entire country will be watching literally uh, including many people that have never watched an NFL game in their entire life, um, and they will be watching for one person, one person only, and that's Travis Kelsey. So you better bet that Kelsey wants to have another big game here. I was a little bit disappointed that you know the the Chiefs blew out the Bears so fast because they they pulled him like halfway through the third quarter. He finished with sixty nine yards. But he was easy <laughs> nice yeah, no it, it was nice, but uh not good for people that took the over 71 and a half yards. Oof, uh, but he was he was on pace to just absolutely crush that. he was going for 120 plus easily uh you know it's one thing if like Dalton Schultz wants to have a good game to impress somebody or impress you know people watching it's another thing for like the best quarterback tight end do of all time to just get the tight end some extra looks. So I think that's going to happen uh, again here. Have to use Kelsey in the captain slot. I think he's going to ball out again. Not that that's like, you know, a bold call or anything, but this is the spot to play him. It's not quite the level of, um, you know, Kobe Bryant's last game. Like in DFS, I played him everywhere and I was shocked that uh, not as many people did and he just balled out. It's not quite that level. This is more like week 18 incentive, like a guy needs 100 yards <laughs> in week 18 to hit incentives. It's it's that level where I think he is going to see an extra few targets, especially, you know, in the red zone. Um, uh, I think Mahomes even said that he's looking to give him extra looks with Taylor looking on. So I'm here for it. Uh, I'm down for, you know, the Swifties watching the game and give me all the Travis Kelsey in the captain slot here.
2: Did I miss like some TMZ news with
1: Dalton Schultz? Is, is he dating
2: somebody? No, too, or... I'm just saying, imagine if
1: like, imagine if Dalton Schultz was, <laughs> was in so this random. situation. I'm just saying that the talent of tight end, the gap, like if Dalton Schultz really wanted to have a good game, it's different for him than like a Travis Kelsey, who's already on another level. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I,
2: Travis Kelsey does this. Like, he's probably the greatest <laughs> tight end of all time.
1: Jordan exactly. Schultz, what do you have?
2: Four yards last week?
1: Um, exactly. That yeah. just proved my Something point. Something like that. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. So, I mean, you've gotten the outline before me. So you got Kelsey. Yes. Uh, there's there's not that many options I, I want to go with in the captain spot. So I got to go with Mahomes because um, this Jets defense is, you know, they, their numbers aren't great, but. If you look at the way they've been beating, uh, getting beat, it's you know teams going to their uh, a target who can win in, in you know one on one against you know some of these uh, high quality coverage players. So in week one, and obviously the Bills didn't win, but Stephon Diggs caught ten passes for a buck uh, one hundred and two, and then Ceedee Lamb went off uh, in week two. So you know Mahomes and Kelsey, like this is I think this is you know it's going to be. Uh, force feeding and then tara swift just kind of adds to it with the narrative (laughs) so uh you know i don't doubt that andy Reid will be able to scheme up you know other guys to get open but i don't know who so that's why if i'm not going kelsey uh it's going to be mahomes in the captain spot because all these receivers are so cheap that you can still you know stack as you wish but it's got to be, you know, either Mahomes or Kelsey, I think. Or uh, I think you know, another. there's one other guy or a couple other guys but we'll, I'll talk about. But, um, you know, Mahomes has been so consistent, even against, you know, it doesn't really matter the defense. He's had, since Tyreek Hill, since he lost Tyreek Hill, he's played 20 games in a regular season. He's had 20 or more DraftKings points in 16 of those 20 games with a low of 15. So the other four, when he didn't hit twenty, he's still between fifteen and nineteen point ninety nine. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna kill you unless he gets hurt. And is a little hob. He was a little hobbled. Uh, that's probably why they pulled everybody too. But yeah. uh, he said he he said he's fine. Um, you know that if you're doing one hundred fifty lineups, maybe you get some Gabbard in there or something like that, uh, just in case. But uh, yeah, gotta go with uh, with Mahomes and Jets early in the year. Just Dude, pass defense, 24th in DVOA. Now it's a small sample, but I'm yeah. um, just showing it. It's, it's been beatable when you have a a, a guy like, a, you know, a, a number one guy like a Kelsey. So, um, yeah, it's, it's Mahomes or Kelsey or, or nothing for me, really. Who you like for values? Uh,
1: so I'll take a stab on uh, another Chiefs receiver that might step up, um, that they could scheme open with, you know, extra coverage on Kelsey potentially, as it's Rasheed Rice. And I mentioned, you know, we could – He's seeing his breakout happening uh, right now uh, because last week was the first time he cleared 50% route turn rate with 51%. Um, And that was due to, you know, Richie James is on IR. Kadarius Tony's banged up. He's probably still banged up. So I think Rice's playing time could continue to climb. And he's now seen a 30% or more target rate in all three games. So when he's on the field, Mahomes is looking for him. So, um, Like I said, this is a player where, you know, the Jets might put extra resources trying to slow down Kelsey, could leave someone like Rice wide open. He's been producing so far this year. So um, I like investing in him here. And then on the Jets side, have to go with Brees Hall because he's also seeing his usage start to go way up. I mean, we kind of figured he would start slow. He is coming back from his ACL tear. um, And they brought in Dalvin Cook, who hasn't been playing that well. But Brees saw fifty four percent of the rush attempts last week. His routes run rate are going up. That's only going to continue, and he's maybe the one person in the Jets offense. Zach Wilson can't specifically hold him back. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's offensive
2: uh, lines job, <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: exactly. So I mean, Brees all of all the Jets players, he's the the one I'd bet on talent wise, um, and just due to his increase in usage coming up, and he's only going to get healthier. That's why his usage is going up. So. I'm going to go with Brees Hall here for the Jets side.
2: 31% of the offensive snaps in week one, 34% in week two, 49% in week three. So, yep, trending up. Uh, But this, I think, you know, just going back to, like, our offseason work, I think this is one of our best handicaps, you know, kind of talking about Brees Hall and, like, if he doesn't break the big run, which he did in week one, you know, I think yeah. he had two big runs. <laughs> yeah. But and nothing else. Like week two, four carries for nine yards. Week three, twelve for eighteen. Like this is gonna be the reality, I think, for Brees Hall. And, you know, uh, even though he's trending up, like it still looks like Michael Carter is mixing in as like that third yeah. down, uh, you know, hurry up, you know, receiving back, at least for now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still don't know if you're gonna if, if anyone who drafted Hall, like you know, in that top twenty-ish range, is going to see the ROI, uh, and Dalvin Cook also doesn't look like you're yeah. going to get it with with him either, so yeah, it's 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 this is devolving really really quickly on this. How this do jet you get offense? Think,
1: how do you think my Brees Hall uh, under what was it nine hundred rushing yards from convince me are pre Is that looking like okay now? Because after week one, it looked toast. Oh yeah, it's
2: like this is I think because number one. I think there's going to be more games like this. You know, Dwayne Brown is, is on IR, um, mm, and you yeah. could just stack the box with, with Zach Wilson. True. Or
1: I yeah, mean, I think Simeon I just think whoever. once Aaron Rodgers went down, yeah, even after that 127 yard game in Week yeah. One, like it, it was doomed for him. Yeah, and yeah, he's got to play all 17 games. Uh, he's at so he's at 154 after three games. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going
2: under. I'd still bet. Okay, that yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> like this remind it reminds me of. I think we both bet cam Akers under like 900 total scrimmage Absolutely. yards last year. And, I did rush
1: yards. You did combine okay. yards. Okay. Yeah. And
2: like I, in my, in my head, like, you know, I, I was having a great season. Like I just chalked that up to a loss. Like I didn't even check it. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, yeah, I guess I lost that one, but you know, you can't win them all. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden I get a notification and, and I see it and I'm like, wait, that hit like, you know, so like it, it, it that's why we bet unders on these a lot of these preseason yeah. uh, props because it it takes a lot uh for most of these. And the ones that like are the easy overs, usually the books just aren't posting lines for those guys. Like, you know, I wish I saw like a tank dell line or something like that, you know, but I don't I don't think I don't remember seeing one. So um yeah. you know, rule of thumb, I, go under.
1: <laughs> I, I always say like instead of investing in like an over like on the median for the season long props. Just take advantage of those like, uh, season leaders. Like you, you took mm-hmm. like Dave Montgomery to lead the league in touchdowns, things like that. Just get like 20, 20 to one or greater odds. Things like that is better than taking the over on the medium play. Just cause like there's so many outs for the under to hit. You might as well just go for their ceiling and lead the league in whatever stat you're, you're thinking they're going to be good in.
2: And you can also just go like week to week, just bet their overs. overs. Like, oh, the, true. <laughs> the, the book, like I, I bet <laughs> yeah. Tank Dell's over. I think it was week two. And I'm, I'm mad I didn't dump, like go back and do it again uh, the next week because he's been yeah. going up at LaPorta, the same thing. Like, you know, this is yeah. the time when like true. the lines are going to be off as guys establish themselves, uh, you know, and, and kind of break out. So, you know, be on the lookout for uh, rookies like Rasheed Rice. I think that was a good call. Um, and a guy that you know maybe you wanna invest in in a proper something like that in yeah. addition to uh to d f s so uh let's see who do I got okay, yeah, so for the chiefs uh so for my dart th- uh, i mean for my value plays, I know the jets are they've been you know somehow worse against the past, but uh, I did read something uh from the beat that essentially said the Chiefs are making a more concerted effort these days to involve their running backs early in games. And they feel like, you know, with the way defenses are playing them and, you know, all the, the, the zones and, and, and kind of, you know, defending the pass, that they feel like they, they can get contributions from all three of these running backs on the ground and through the air. And they were actually aiming for, that uh, hat trick, which was all three of them to score a touchdown last week, and, and they got it. So I think that's something to kind of watch, look, you know, watch for going forward. Uh, so Pacheco, uh, I like him this week. You know, the Jets are allowing 35 touches per game to opposing backfields. Now it hasn't been all that efficient, but you know, especially on a team like the Chiefs, you know, you're usually not getting 35. You're lucky if you get half that sometimes with these with these running backs, but I do think you'll you'll see uh, these running backs more involved here, especially, you know, Mahomes did you know, mess up his ankle a little bit. So I, I think mm-hmm. in a game like this against Zach Wilson, it makes sense to roll with Pacheco early. Uh, he's been uh, more of a factor in the pass game of late, which is a, a positive sign. He's running more, uh, a route on a higher percentage of, of dropbacks than, than Jarrett McKinnon, which, you know, McKinnon, I think, got two touchdowns on four touches so you know right back to doing what he de- did last <laughs> year but obviously that's going to be unsustainable but uh I think Pacheco uh is a guy who you know obviously the most talented guy in their backfield and I think you know he could get some volume here and I'm not really concerned about the matchup because I think he has enough talent especially with you know defenses worried about Mahomes to 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 make things happen so I, I like him and then uh the Chiefs' defense, like, I'm not even going to, like, obviously you could go with, you know, Garrett Wilson or, or somebody like that, but I'm, I really think the Chiefs' defense is, is yeah. excellent. So I'm going to just go with the Chiefs' defense here. Uh, the Jets, 10 points in each of the last two weeks. They needed uh, uh, a kick return touchdown to get into the 20s, to get to 22 in week one. Uh, Kansas City has allowed 10 or fewer points in each of the last two. And then Detroit, remember, needed that interception return to get into the 20s. So Kansas City would have allowed uh, 14-10, 14-9-10 in their three games, Mm -hmm. uh, if not for that uh, ball carries Tony put right in the hands of Brian Branch. Zach Wilson, sack Wilson. He's been sacked (laughs) uh, three times in each of the past two games. In his last nine starts, he's been sacked 26 times. He's thrown nine picks. The Jets are averaging 13 points per game uh, and they've committed 12 uh, 12 total turnovers Kansas City's blitzing at the sixth highest rate uh, and Wilson as you might expect grades out at PFF third worst uh, among qualified quarterbacks against the blitz Uh, mentioned McDuffie playing really well Uh, and then Jarius Sneed is is a very good cornerback as well so I don't just think uh, Wilson Garrett Wilson that is is just going to get loose here. Love the Chiefs and you always get the bonus of they tend to have good special teams and, uh, you know, can always count on them breaking a a long return or doing something tricky in that in that aspect. So that's another bonus. So like the Chiefs could stack them with Pacheco or could stack them with uh, another back who I'll get to in the in the dart throws. But uh, yeah, not even going with any Jets here. Just give me Pacheco (laughs) and give me the Chiefs.
1: And if you want to do the double-dip, you know, Chiefs defense and the returner, they just brought in Montrell, Washington. Montrell, yeah, I liked him yeah. last year. I can't believe he got – he found a favor so fast. But Yeah, the, like, I, they're, the Broncos were down, like, seven receivers, and he still couldn't become, yeah. like, the number three receiver. So maybe uh, with new scenery – I don't think he'll be in the receiver rotation this week, but he'll definitely be their kick and punt returner, right? Like, I don't think they're going to have Tony. Maybe. I mean, they could have week.
2: Tony because, I mean – like we talked about this, and I don't know which way it's going to go, but I I just have the sense that like they don't really need Tony as a receiver, and they don't. I don't think like you want to rely on him week to week because he gets hurt so much. But like as a returner, it's kind of perfect because like when he's healthy, right. you can just put him back there and way to get a ball the ball in his hands. You know, I, I was at that Super Bowl where he was. You know, like I think that's his ideal role. So um, I don't know. I'm, that, that's just me guessing, but I have a I have a, right, I that, I have a yeah, feeling that Tony's not going to be like a. a Full-time wide receiver
1: going forward. Right, right, right. But I think, I think they brought in Washington specifically yeah. to return this week. So just keep an eye on for a showdown slate.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's As long as he's active, he's uh, he's definitely yep. in play. Uh, all right,
1: where are you going with, for your dark throws? Oh, God, the Jets' side is <laughs> just, I guess they're all dark throws. But I'll, I'll go way down, and let's go with Randall Cobb. You know, he's running around on over 80% of Wilson's dropbacks. But – only is thing, it? yeah. Is he <laughs> yes?
2: Randall Cobb is on this team. Yeah. How many? He's run sixty-seven routes. How many catches does he have? Uh,
1: I, I don't <laughs> know. Is it over? An, is it over one and a half? It's no, gotta be. It's it's,
2: it's one. <laughs> one catch, one drop. Yeah. No. It's the Jets is are just a, a <laughs> shit show. But no, I got it. Yeah. He ran. It... He ran around at eighty-five percent. So I guess. Yeah.
1: No, well, I'm surprised <laughs> we haven't seen Michael Hardman. Um. Where the hell is he? So I'll uh, get to I, that. I get, oh, okay. <laughs> until, until he gets involved more, uh, Cobb seems like the, the clear, uh, you know, number three receiver. Uh, I, I won't have many shares of Randall Cobb, but, uh, he is worth a, at least a dart throw if he's running a route over 80% of the time, but let's get to my, my favorite play. My yeah. favorite dart throw it would be Jeez. Justin Watson. Uh, you know, he's settled in, you know, right around a 50% route run rate, um, and, you know, he doesn't see many targets because he's typically just running downfield. But when he does see a target, oh, my God, it's it's way downfield. His A dot is 23 and a half yards this year, which is about what I would expect, honestly. Um, and yes, you know, the Jets have an elite secondary. And yes, they're tough downfield. But this is a one game slate. Uh, so we can't be picky here. And there's a chance we just see the Jets uh, not giving max effort. Uh, Going forward, just because, you know, they have some team chemistry issues, Uh, a lot of things going on there. So I I wouldn't be shocked if Justin Watson catches one, two long, you know, balls here. So he's absolutely worth a flyer and a showdown slate.
2: Yeah, Justin Watson is tied for ninth in the NFL in uh, targets 20 or more yards downfield with six he's tied with dj Moore. only only eight players have more uh targets yes. uh 20 yards downfield than the justin watson i think he's like another one of those guys that's like the thorn in every uh you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. fantasy you know if you're just like a, a regular fantasy player and you don't do much dfs right anything, like because yeah everyone was kind of banking on tony and then it was you know sky Moore and watson is just
1: every week 50 percent i routes, call like it said. the the Zach Pascal role. I think that's what I've dubbed it.
2: <laughs> he's better than Zach Pascal as a receiver, that is. I, well, I, yeah, I, yeah,
1: yeah. But but yeah, the guy, like, uh, I, I think it was the Colts. I, I yeah. yeah. I just remember a couple guys that We always think guys are going to break out. And then oh, Zach Pascal is actually the leading receiver. But that's him. And yeah, he, he's seeing a ton of downfield targets. And they're not from like Desmond Ritter, they're from Patrick Mahomes. So that's why they're even more valuable. And yeah, like would would I love to see other receivers maybe running more routes. Yes, but Watson's running these routes. We have to take him seriously at this point. And Mahomes likes targeting him downfield. So, uh especially in these single game slates, he's the type of play you need to have out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I watch the Chiefs, to me and and this is probably speaks to why he gets, you know, why he has a role, he to me looks like what they wanted Marquez Valdez Uh, Scantling to be right. I mean, MVS is really kind of you know, he's there, but I think he's (laughs) not doing as much downfield as you would have thought. Um, you know, he's obviously you know, kind of there now for his veteran leadership. I heard him giving tips to uh, like he he tipped Rasheed Rice off to a coverage, and Rice got open and he already scored a touchdown. So, like, MVS is doing Mm. a lot of like leadership things, but uh, I feel like Watson is kind of taking the role they probably envisioned um and M- MVS filling. So yeah, that's definitely yeah. something if you already has six you know three two targets per game down uh deep yeah. uh through three games like that is definitely someone to pay attention to. I mean, even if you're in a deep fantasy league, I might I might just stash him if I had some some room at the end of my bench just because you know bye weeks are coming up and you could do worse than have, you know, a deep a deep couple of deep shots from Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Uh, every game. And if if anyone gets hurt, you might end up starting like, you know, really going mm-hmm. into the starting role. So yeah uh love that call on uh on Watson. Uh so for me uh Clyde edwards elaire uh this is a perfect spot for him. He's essentially their closer in blowouts. We mm. saw that last week. I think he got the last 11 carries. Uh some I think it was double digits. Uh, uh like pretty much the whole fourth quarter uh was the Clyde edwards elaire show and he's now up to 8.7 touches per game. And, you know, he's been involved a little bit, you know, like in week one, I think he started or something like that. So, you know, yep. one of these backfields you can't fully predict, but uh, I know they're trying to involve the running backs. I know this is a game where they don't they don't feel like they're going to have to take a ton of risks. Um, so I do think that edwards wear is going to get work again. And low-key, he's kind of like it, McKinnon – I guess probably ends up playing more snaps, but like from, fa- from a fantasy perspective, I actually have Edward DeLair projected like a spot or two above McKinnon now uh, because McKinnon's really not getting many carries. So he's, he's essentially pass blocking and running a few routes. And if he doesn't catch like touchdowns on his two catches, uh, Edward DeLair probably is going to outscore him in a lot of weeks. Uh, he's as the, uh, as a backup to Pacheco and just kind of the change of pace. So um, like Edward DeLair this week, and then, I'm going to go with uh, – take a risk here and go with Mecole Hardman uh, for the Jets. And this is just uh, completely a projection. But yep. there's a few things going why I think that this could hit. Number one, obviously, revenge game. So maybe <laughs> they finally you know, get him on the field. Uh, every week after the game – the media has been asking why hasn't Hardman played more? Why hasn't Hardman played more? Right. You know they've said, "Oh, we didn't get to the packages," or oh, "But we do want you know this his speed on the field, um, da this and that." Just kind of excuses. Uh, but like after last week's showing, I don't think you have any excuses. I think you have to at least give him a shot. And you know it's, it's his former team, but you really need to manufacture offense. And I believe it was Salah who said he. Particularly, uh, specifically mentioned like jet sweeps and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hardman gets, uh, you know, a carry or two, a design target or two. Um, He hasn't been only been playing about fifteen percent of the time. So you know, this is a projection, but uh, he did play his most snaps two weeks ago in the blowout against Dallas, and this is kind of shaping up potentially like a similar script. But even if even if the Jets keep it close, you know, I I think they need to involve Hardman for his speed, and that's that's kind of. why I'm a little worried about uh, a guy like Cobb just because he's been so unproductive and he obviously not as explosive anymore. So yeah, he's been the guy on the field and that's what counts. But um, as far as like, you know, a a tournament or something like that, uh, I'm going to go Hardman all day and just, you know, hope everyone looks at his game logs and see, well, I mean, I guess everyone on the jets, the game logs are pretty tight, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, you know, this is a, this is kind of, this is kind of the spot where like, it's probably not happening for Hardman at all if it's not happening here right uh, and they gave, gave him a four million dollar contract. So i don't know if there's like a disconnect between you know the coaches staff and, and the front office i don't know if there's going, something going on behind the scenes you know like cam Akers like because it really doesn't make sense like it's a team in this dire need of any type of explosiveness um would would be you know kind of just sitting on hardman and leave him on the sideline so uh, yeah i'm going with hardman as a uh dark throw for the chiefs and uh another guy i'll mention because in the same breath that uh, the jets coaching staff mentioned hardman they also they also mentioned uh xavier gibson who mm. had the punt return and gibson has not run a single route yet so uh, he's another guy who i think may get on the field just because there's no excuse anymore like you need the, these guys and their explosiveness but also it's the Chiefs, so they could just blow him out like 40 to nothing again like the bears and then you might just see Harbin and, and Gibson get like the entire fourth quarter or something. So right. <clears> um, I, I like both of those guys, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dumpster diving with these, uh, <laughs> yeah, no with kidding. these jet res- I mean, we all are I mean, it's, that, Yeah, it's, it's late,
1: but uh, yeah. Um, they haven't mentioned Jason Brownlee or anything like that. Cause he absolutely tore up camp preseason. Yeah, he, he was a stud, but um, he's still number six either way. yeah, yeah They got like to get Randall Cobb out there. Like, out of Rogers yeah right exactly. yeah why why have Cobb running eighty percent of the routes I don't get it
2: like Cobb Cobb should be the guy that like when Wilson takes a blow Cobb is giving him pointers on the coverages and when Hardman's about to check in you are like Cobb is the veteran leader like Cobb is that's what yeah. he's supposed to be doing. Like I don't I and mean, he doesn't need to be running a route 85% of the time. Like, <laughs> no he doesn't right like, but this no. like, again but again this is Zach Wilson, coached by Nathaniel Hackett. So, like, what do you really expect? You know what I mean? Exactly. What do you you expect?
0: This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like
2: Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself.
0: Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at HyperRice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That
1: feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all.
2: Let's close it out with the Monday night football matchup. We have a game that should be, should be a good one. Seattle at the Giants. So the Giants are favored by one in MetLife. The total is up to 47 and a half. So we're expecting a close game. That's usually good, good news for DFS. And uh, not a, a luck ranking game in terms of either side, but I did notice that uh, <laughs> this game does have the third largest luck total differential of Week Four, uh, nine about nine points pointing toward the under. under. Correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Um, and the <laughs> the biggest of the week happens to be the Broncos Bears with a whopping minus twenty one. Um, but you know you have a lot of courage to to invest in either defense doing well. Uh, but yeah, this game it's it's minus nine. So both these teams um have been scoring a bit higher than expected on the season, really? just based on the play by play data.
2: We scored. They scored it like two quarters. <laughs> well, they haven't been moving the ball. So,
1: um, so right. yeah,
2: I think it was 17 when these teams played last year. So that was what four, that's forty four. So. Uh, yeah, I could see it. And it, it, like both of these defenses don't get pressure. So mm. like, I think you get kind of like long drives, not necessarily killed by sacks. Right. So like, that, cause I've, you know, forget, like there's a lot of different ways unders can kind of hit, you know, one way is just terrible, um, offense, but another way is, you know, <laughs> defenses could be bad. Just let teams kind of go up and down the field. And then, you know, you're not, you're not going to hit a hundred percent. Settle for a field zone. goal, right, you know, right, right.
1: things like that. Yeah.
2: And Seattle's been whiffing a few uh, Myers. I I've seen him miss a couple, oh, really? couple of field goals. Yeah. Um, Cause I had, I had Seattle in that game against Detroit a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, Oh man, this is going to cost <laughs> me the game. It didn't, but, uh, right. See, yeah. Myers has missed three field goals already. Yeah. Oh, he's, damn. He's, he's, he's leads the league in attempts. So that's, that's, I guess a note if you you know, uh, usually kickers aren't aren't guys at roster, um maybe in, sometimes oh, in a cash game, right. but uh yeah, he leaves the league in field goal attempts and he's missed three. So you expect that to regress, uh, that percentage to regress right, um, right, right. from seventy from seventy three percent to his uh, career average of, of eighty five. So that that's something to note. But uh yeah, so could could be a little lower scoring than we expect. But mm-hmm. that being said, uh what are you doing with the captain's spot?
1: Uh, I'm going with Daniel Jones here just because, you know, the, the two games he struggled so far uh, were just really tough matchups. You know, he faced the Cowboys and the Niners uh, and really struggled in those games um, last week, especially against the Niners. Just wasn't able to scramble either. It was just a really bad game for him. Uh, but then when he faced a below average defense, well, a really below average defense in the Cardinals, he finished QB1 overall. Um, And he tapped into just his rushing upside, his passing upside with like Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt. Um, So now that he's facing Seattle, uh, might not be as easy of a matchup as the Cardinals, but certainly a plus matchup. You know, they've given up uh, 320 plus passing yards to all three quarterbacks so far. Uh, They tend to allow a ton of plays to the opposing team. You know, if you look, each of the past three seasons, they've ranked either number one or number three, um and plays allowed per game. So they're typically a good team we want to target in fantasy anyway. So I just think this is a potential blow up slot for Jones, um, especially for his rushing upside, uh, which is which is gonna be great from the captain slot. So I like him with Daniel Jones here. Where do you have him ranked this week? Oh way up there. Uh you first. Uh QB six. Uh Q B five now. Okay, yeah. He's uh he's he was my QB five and
2: then I you know I you know did some imported some more data and Justin Herbert is up four tenths of a of a point well four hundredths of a point not even oh. tenths, <laughs> four hundredths of a point uh higher than him but yeah he's I have him yes. above Lamar Jackson in, in a tough matchup against yep. Cleveland uh, and and, and uh, above Tua in a tough matchup against uh Buffalo so and
1: above Lamar right
2: yeah yeah Lamar's the first yeah person. and in a yeah so yep. I have Jones above Lamar Tua and Richardson in field so okay um, gotcha yeah yep so I got you know Herbert Cousins Mahomes uh, the three guys in front of him and then Allen Hurts, one and two but um, gotcha yeah J- Jones is he's really popping uh, in, in in my model this week and uh, I, agree. I the one thing I'll say though I I actually think we should give him a little more credit for the uh you know what he did against the Cardinal defense I actually think this Cardinal defense is a little better than expected uh they're sure. they're what is it I think they're up to eighth for in DVOA. Uh, you know they held the Cowboys to 16. Got a game sale and pick uh, there. Uh, you know they played the 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 Commanders close. We saw the Commanders put up a big number against the the the, the Broncos, which I mean I don't know if that's impressive, but <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, so far you can't really yeah. say the Cardinals are are terrible. I think they're I think they're solid.
1: No, I had them that game. Uh, they were like plus four and a half or something. And I, the second half they were just playing a little bit soft. They were up by what twenty? Yeah. One twenty-eight. Uh, it was something ridiculous like that. So I think they just started playing a little soft, giving you know Daniel Jones a little bit too big of a cushion, uh, and they eventually came back. But yeah, no, I agree. The the Cardinals' defense specifically has looked a lot better than I expected,
2: yeah, and a lot better than the Seahawks too. Like the Seahawks, yeah, well, pretty much well, bottom the, of the, the Seahawks of the have been barrel.
1: dealing with injury, injuries. You know, I, yeah. Jamal Adams is back this week, I think, and then yep. rick Wallen, I think, could return. So. Obviously they'll get better, but still you can't you can't deny the fact that they've allowed just a ton of fancy points so far uh, over the first three games.
2: Yeah, they're this. Yeah, you know, Seattle's a, a very beatable defense. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if like by the end of the year we're like, Arizona is clearly ahead of Seattle oh, in, in all the yeah. ranking on defense. Uh, okay, for my captain spot I'm going DK Metcalf. Uh, This is a man coverage, heavy matchup. The Giants uh, play man at the third highest rate in the league. They're always uh, in that top five because they love to blitz uh, under defensive coordinator. Wink Martindale and DK Metcalf is the Seattle receiver you want to uh, roster when going against man coverage, heavy matchups like this. In 2022, he led the Seahawks with 2.9 yards per route uh, against man coverage that was 8th of 138 qualified pass catchers, according to PFF. And uh, this year he is the Seahawks leader again in production against man coverage. He's got 30, he leads him in yards. He leads him in catches. He's got 2.4 yards per, per route. And the giants are 28th in pressure rate, even though they're second in blitz rate. So that's perfect for deep shots because you're taking guys out of the coverage. You're taking guys out of coverage. To rush the passer but you're not getting home so gino's still gonna have time to go downfield and uh you know these giant cornerbacks have struggled so uh going with dk here uh should be good to go i know i think he got like a rib injury or something last yeah, week yeah, so yeah I
1: th- uh, he should be fine though i think yeah so yeah uh, oh, double
2: check that. that we're recording this uh on uh thursday so you know, you never know. But uh, assuming he's good to go, uh, I think it's a really good, uh, really good spot for him.
1: All right. Who do you like for values? Uh, so on the giant side, uh, I'm going to go with Wondale Robinson. Um, you know, he made his season debut last week and took most of the work, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard would typically see. Um, and also even to Paris Campbell's snaps as well. And uh, there's a chance that he does leapfrog Paris Campbell at some point. Um, and when Wontale was on the field, he was seeing targets. He saw a massive 55% target rate when he was on the field. Um, obviously, that is not sustainable, but that's something that we have to consider that when he's on the field, he's probably getting a look. So uh, like going with him here, especially thinking, you know, his his routes run rate will only go up. Yeah. Um, and then on the Seahawks side, uh, I agree. I think this is a blow up spot for DK Metcalf. Uh, But I do want some shares of Jackson Smith Njigba here Um, just because, you know, he's off to a bit of a slow start, which is expected. You know, he's settled in at around a 65% routes run rate, uh, the clear number three receiver in this offense. But there there was a reason why he was the first wide receiver drafted this year. Um, And he just happened to land on a crowded depth chart. But he's going to have spiked weeks just based on his talent alone. Um, and you know, they could happen very soon. So this is a showdown slate where I think it's a good time to just invest in his talent alone. Um, and not make, maybe not wait for the big game to happen or for DK or Tyler Lockett to maybe miss time. Like this is a spot where he could have a huge game, uh, based on talent alone in his limited role. Uh, so I'm gonna have to go with, uh, JSN here.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not really a limited role. He's he's the third wide receiver. It's just, you know, this team does use a lot of uh, two tight end sets. It's it's like
1: CD lamb, his rookie year on the Cowboys. And they already had, uh, you know, Michael Gallup and uh, Amari Cooper. It's just like, as he moves up the pecking order, he's just going to become more and more of a stud. So just, this is always going to be the worst part of his career. You know, the first few games. Um, And I thought he's looked really good. Um, You know, he was, you know, questionable for week one. He had the wrist injury. Just I expected a really slow start. So I think right about now is where I think things could start picking up for him. Uh, and uh, again, it's going to be tough with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there. But, um, you know, he's still the clear number three target. And at any point, I think we're going to see a big game from him.
2: Yeah, and he's tied with Metcalf for the weed in targets uh, against man coverage with four. So nice uh that that's also a positive sign uh, yep. given this matchup Uh and yeah wandale you know they, the fact that they played him on a thursday and they immediately just started targeting him like <laughs> like over <laughs> even a guy like Jalen hyatt you know kind of got mm. lost in the in the shuffle and campbell you know that was a guy who had been you know getting a ton of targets too and just wandale kind of jumped them immediately so Uh, I think he's probably going to be a full-time player and and the Mm -hmm. full-time receiver going forward. So uh, he's a guy who I would, uh, you know, another one of those guys, I know he's not a rookie, but you know, if you want to invest in like an over now, I think, you know, his yardage prop is only, is only going up. Or maybe his receptions. Yeah. Yeah. Either or. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, he's, he should be, he should be uh, on the upswing. Uh, I'm going with, uh, Kenneth Walker, the third for the Seahawks. Uh, the Giants are 25th in run defense DVOA. And the Giants have allowed a lot of on the ground to each of the number one running backs they've faced. They've allowed four touchdowns in total to, to number one running backs uh, in the three games. And they are allowing the second most carries per game to opposing backfields at, at 28.3. Uh, the fourth most rushing yards per game to opposing backfields at 118 uh, and tied for the fifth most rushing touchdowns per game to opposing backfields at uh, 1.3. So uh, I think this is a Walker's a good bet for a, a touchdown here. And uh, you know, Seattle, even though they're on the road, they could end up leading this game and getting some some positive game scripts so i think this is a, a good spot for walker who leads the nfl and carries inside the five yard line with six he's also second and carries inside the 10 with nine and he's converted four of the nine into touchdowns which is a good sign because last year just two of 16 did he convert uh, into touchdowns and his, his success rate is way up just overall uh, it's up over fifty five percent. It was under forty percent last year, so uh, eliminating a lot of those, you know, negative runs and things like that. So he's playing really well. Like him in his matchup, and then uh, on the Giants' side, you know, he's been disappointing so far. But Darren Waller got a role with him here. Seattle is thirty first in DVOA to tight ends and twenty seventh in DVOA on passes to the middle of the field. So this should be a spot where. Waller is able to uh, produce, and, uh, you know, Seattle, again, just, just right now, anyway, pretty beatable defense, and when Seattle gets healthy, I think the corners are, are going to be the strength with, uh, you know, Reek Woolen and Witherspoon, so you're going to, I think you're going to see teams continue to attack the linebackers in, in the middle of the field uh, through the air, so this, this should be a good spot for Waller, and the Giants' team total, you know, 24, 25 ish, uh, which is uh, a far cry from, you know, like you mentioned those games against Dallas and, and San Francisco. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think so maybe we finally get uh Waller in the end zone here as well. All right. Where are you going for Dr. Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh,
1: so the Giants side, I, I'm going to go Jalen height here. Um, you know, he had that disappointing, Or he followed up his massive two-catch for 89-yard game with a disappointing zero-catch game. Uh, But he was out there. I think he ran like 13 routes. But um, that's just going to be the Hyatt experience, really. He's he's going to be a boom-bust player because he is a downfield threat. So um, willing to take a flyer on him again here. It's a showdown slate, so this is the time. We want to take a player like Hyatt. Like, he could easily just get, you know, one catch for 41 yards and a touchdown, and you will need him to, you know, take down the GPPs here. Um, On the Seahawks side, again, I'm going to have to be betting on talent again here, and it's Zach Charbonnet. Um, And, you know, Kenneth Walker has done nothing to start losing snaps to Charbonnet. I I do like your call. Like, I, I think Kenneth Walker is a great play. Uh, but, you know, Charbonnet has been starting to see more of the passing down work, uh, mostly at the expense of D.J. Dallas, finally. Um, so, you know, he, you know, he, he, if he takes over that role, then it'll be more of a 50-50. T- well, Kenneth Walker will st- still be more of a the head of a running back by committee, but at least D.J. Dallas won't be eating into both of their work. Um, and then, you know, Charbonnet has been eating into um, some of Kenneth Walker's early down work. Um, and I, he's just a very talented back. Again, it, it's similar to JSN where, um, you know, the landing spot wasn't ideal for his fancy value. But, you know, Charbonnet is a second round talent. He's very good. So even in a limited role, I think he's the type of player that can pop off a big run, a big catch. He could produce even a limited role. So uh, again, this is another bet on talent on the Seahawks side. Uh, he's going to have some spiked weeks based on his talent. So I'm going to go Charbonnet here as a Darth row.
2: Yeah, I think he, especially if the Seahawks are able to to build a lead because, you know, they were kind of using Charbonnet weight in that game when they were up 17 against the uh, Panthers. And Did you see that truck that he had no. by the goal line?
1: Yeah, oh, I thought man. he scored, but yeah, like he would he just stepped out, right? Yeah, but he still yeah. cut the crap out of somebody. He's, he's more of a, like, they're two completely different backs. Like Kenneth Walker is one of the best backs in the league, don't get me wrong, but he's more of a home run hitter. Um, whereas Charbonnet, if you're late in the game and the defense is tired, just send him out there. He's just a grinder. Um, so yeah, I think they just have a lethal combo on these two guys. Uh, but it was good to finally see Charbonnet like really flash that, you know, that talent that I knew he had last week, but yeah, he's starting, he's starting to, to look a lot better, a lot more comfortable, but again, like Kenneth Walker hasn't deserved seeing his role reduced at all. But I think at some point they should just to you know just limit his reps. And Charbonnet is like a really good back to do that and get those like hard you know short yardage situations, things like that. Put Charbonnet out there. But um, yeah, this backfield is going to be legit.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kenneth Walker's usage has only been going twelve carries in week one, seventeen in week two, eighteen in, in week three. So uh, looking see, damn good too. Yeah, <laughs> they're just trying to run the ball more, which is what as they yeah. should. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know. They got good pass catchers. They can they can run the ball. Uh, you know, just gotta kind of withstand those you know, losing those tackles and whatnot. It's been yeah. aside from that second half against the Rams, it's been working out pretty well for Seattle. Uh I'm gonna go with Jake Bobo for yeah. <laughs> for Seattle, yeah, man. Uh, you know, six four, two oh six UCLA, undrafted free agent, had a monster preseason, uh caught seven balls for hundred twenty five yards, two touchdowns in the preseason. Uh, graded out in the top 10 um, among over 160 uh, wide receivers at PFF in the preseason. And then last week he caught a five yard touchdown against man coverage. No less. So that's perfect. I uh, heading into this, you know, man heavy scheme of Wink Martindale for the giants. And on top of that, Seattle released their number five wide receiver, Cody Thompson. So right. You know, as it stands, they only have four wide receivers on the roster. I'm sure they'll elevate someone, but um, you know, Bobo probably is going to see his role start to to gradually increase as well you know just a big kind of preseason hype guy uh who mm-hmm. you know starting starting to pay it off and continues to look good in in live action so um I'm sure he'll probably be a little chalkier than he should be because he scored the touchdown last week but I mean I, I still think it's worth it uh on a one game slate like this and I'm just gonna go with another Seahawk. I, I don't like all the Giants receivers are in play but I don't <laughs> I don't really have a lean is especially yeah. took Hyde already at Wandale. Like those are the two guys I think uh, you want to roster the most, but uh, Colby Parkinson for the Seahawks, uh, you know, he's kind of been climbing that tight end depth chart. Will Disley was, was out last week, but you know, Parkinson has kind of been drawn even with, you know, Noah Fant and mm. uh, in terms of that uh, tight end depth chart and Parkinson's been looking good as well. You know, one target in week one, two in week, uh, one catch in week one, excuse me, two in week two, three in week three, so uh, that means he's getting four in this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the Giants are allowing the second most schedule-adjusted targets per game to the tight end position. You know, Giants, I mean, what else is new? You know, it seems like <laughs> every year yeah. it's, it's an issue. And I mean, they got Okereke now and, you know, Kenny. they got safeties, like their linebackers and safeties aren't as bad as as years past, but um, for for whatever reason, his defense continues to to give up production uh, to to tight ends, and uh, I think you know Parkinson's looking good and uh, really in t- like with Noah Fant. Let's see, there was Parkinson ran a route. Parkinson was on the field for sixty three percent of the pass snaps last week. Fant fifty nine percent, and Fant ran a route in fifty three percent. Parkinson fifty percent. So mm-hmm. Parkinson blocked a little bit more, but uh, that, you know, that's like almost immaterial. Essentially, Parkinson was on the field more than uh, Fant. And we've seen this in the past, too. You know, even even early in this season, like it, uh, Parkinson was pretty much drawn even with Disley and Fant, you know, even starting from week one, you know, it wasn't too big of a gap. Uh, he wasn't like a third tight end getting like 5%, 10% of the snaps. So I uh, really like Parkinson. I think he's going to continue to uh, to ascend in
1: this offense as well. Any idea if uh is returning this week? I haven't seen him like return to practice or anything, so he might might be out again.
2: Yeah, uh it's, it's questionable still but right. Still haven't seen a practice report, uh, because you know, this is the Monday game, so it's the last one. But uh either way, even if Disley plays, like uh yeah. it's not really gonna yeah. affect the the Parkinson. True. He's usually gonna play forty to fifty percent uh of the snaps either way. And uh like I said, he's been he's been playing well, so he's been kind of eating into the, the other guys anyway, yeah. so uh, but yeah, Brady, uh, Brady Russell, I believe, would be the third tight end if Disley were to miss again. I don't think. I don't he think it, he yeah, ran he a run, route. Nope, he didn't run a route. So I mean, he's there. We'll mention him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, not 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 a dart throw at least for me uh, this week. All right, uh, that is going to wrap it up for the week four night shift podcast. Be sure to check out uh, the full list of luck rankings at actionnetwork.com. You can get more fantasy content from Sean and I uh, on our player projections episode on the action network podcast channel where we break down our top five uh, and and projections for each position and and some props as well uh, in our fantasy preview episode right here on the fantasy flex channel where we break down the main slate and the Thursday night slate. Go to actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy embedding content. Fantasywabs.com for a DFS tools and models. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. And we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. It's
0: gonna be a long It's gonna be all